Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast, where we discuss critical care medicine. I'm your host, Eddie Joe. Today is the 31st of July of 2020, and we're going to be discussing plasma exchange for COVID-19. First question is, could plasma exchange help save the lives of COVID patients? You know, we're already so many months into this pandemic, and we have so few treatments. Unfortunately, it's it's disheartening to those of us who take care of COVID patients in the intensive care unit, as well as any part in the hospital, that we just can't get these patients better. But while we're discussing plasma exchange, the first thing we need to do is straighten out some nomenclature. We all have questions as to what is what, and there's a lot of confusion. I personally like to say all these words like plex, plasma exchange, plasmapheresis, because they make you sound very, very smart when you say it. So first of all, what is plasmapheresis used for? Well, it is used to remove, treat, and exchange blood plasma for the plasma or something else, you know, like albumin that is used in a lot of facilities. In this particular podcast, I'm going to focus on the exchange component called plasma exchange, or the sexier term, PLEX, P-L-E-X. This is typically used to treat various disorders of the immune system, such as TTP and Guillain-Barre. We're not talking about TTP or Guillain-Barre. We're talking about COVID. So the first thing I want to say is that this is not a treatment for the virus itself. If you check viral loads, this is, this is not going to affect that necessarily. What this is used for is to treat the cytokine storm and the systemic response. What plasmapheresis does, or plasma exchange, or PLEX in this case, is remove inflammatory cytokines, stabilizes endothelial membranes, and resets the hypercoagulable state. The important thing to note is that in the show notes, I have bibliography for all of this because I did not invent any of this or uh, come up with any of these ideas myself. This is things I learned from colleagues. And in this case, the main paper that I use happens to be written by a guy who did his fellowship training at the same place I did. Turns out he's an expert at Plex, and his name is Philip Keith. He's currently working on Plex right now with COVID-19 patients. In Philip Keith's paper, which you should download in the show notes below and read for yourself, it states that Plex was used in a small number of patients during the H1N1 outbreak, and those patients had a full recovery. The authors of that paper are trialing this modality, as I mentioned, at this moment and have a paper that's currently undergoing peer-reviewed for publication. I have to tip my hat to them because they propensity matched their status post-plex patients to similar patients with similar illnesses and, you know, seems to be having good outcomes. Based on the experience of this group, they're using PLEX earlier in the disease course rather than later for better outcomes. I mean, this is something that we're all noticing ourselves taking care of COVID patients. Once once they get deep into it, it's pretty hard to get them out of the hole. So let's talk now about the cons of plasma exchange. Now that we got that ad out of the way, let's talk about the cons of plasma exchange in COVID. Anything that has a good side has a bad side. So let's talk about that now. First of all, patients are going to need a dialysis catheter. When you consider placing a dialysis catheter, obviously it's a larger bore, um, it's a larger bore catheter itself, so there's a higher risk of bleeding with this and complications when placing the actual the actual line. Then you also have to consider that a lot of these patients are being anticoagulated, so there is an increased bleeding risk. And the other thing you got to consider is that these patients are also prothrombotic in many cases, and when you know, you're running the plasma exchange, they may potentially clot off the circuit. In addition, I don't know if you all have seen a, a plasma exchange machine, but it's 
pretty darn big with a lot of moving parts. And this is a big machine that needs to be placed in the patient's room. Obviously, there are concerns about cleaning the machine and keeping it sterile when, you know, you put it into the room of a COVID patient. Also, there's some documentation that certain patients develop hypotension and transfusion reactions when plasmapheresis is taking place. So let's talk about actual data. And this data was actually published today, which motivated me to create an Instagram post on the matter, as well as go ahead and do this podcast. And so this data was published in the Journal of Critical Care. I can't say the names of the authors out of out of disrespect for pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's in the show notes below. I can't actually get my hands on the full article on the time of this writing, but some people are trying to get it to me. Ultimately, though, the paper is a pilot study looking at 10 consecutive patients with severe COVID in Saudi Arabia. An honest appraisal from me would include deep analysis of the data, but that's not accessible to me at this time. So we're going to have to make do and I'll done this podcast later on. Needless to say, the patients were quite sick. They all had ARDS with PF ratios around 110. These patients were in shock. They had they had the cytokine storm or cytokine release syndrome. They were on the ventilator as well as prone. How many treatments of, of plasma exchange did these people get? Well, it was between five and seven. One of the questions that was asked to me on Instagram is, did these people get convalescent plasma? And the short answer is no, they did not. First of all, it would require a ton of convalescent plasma. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think we have that much to be able to even um, sacrifice it for a type of study like this. But there were a lot of improvements clinically in these patients. Amongst the things that included, that improved, excuse me, were the SOFA scores, the PF ratio, the level of lymphocytes, the bilirubin, the lactate dehydrogenase, LDH, ferritin, the C-reactive protein, and IL-6. All of these different markers improved. I know what you're saying to yourself right now. You're saying, hey, that's pretty good that all these things improved, like the SOFA score, the PF ratio, ferritin, et cetera, et cetera. So what are the side effects of this? Because, you know, there has to be some sort of drawback. It turns out that there weren't any side effects that they reported per the abstract. They did note that acute kidney injury took place in 10% of patients. Now, I don't know what the exact incidence of acute kidney injury in patients with severe COVID is, but 10% is not the highest I would expect. In addition to that, 20% of patients had pulmonary emboli. My question here is multiple. First of all, how did they diagnose these multiple, these uh, pulmonary emboli? Did they CTA these people? Or did they just do echocardiograms and assume that they had uh, RV enlargement and increased rate ventricular pressures and therefore, you know, they just went ahead and diagnosed PEs or did they scan the people's legs, etc. That's something that I need to look for in the actual study itself. In addition to that, you need to consider the local practices of anticoagulation in these patients. The reason why I say is that I don't know if these people were on full dose anticoagulation or DVT prophylaxis doses. All things to consider when the actual article is accessible. The other thing I wanted to mention was that the mortality was 10%. Now, this is a small pilot study with 10 patients. So if the mortality is 10%, that means that only one patient out of the 10 died at 28 days. I wish it was zero, but um, a mortality of 10% for patients who are in pretty severe COVID with on the ventilator prone, etc., is a number that I could live with. Again, wish it was zero, but 10% is something that I could go for. 
Nonetheless, thank you so much for your support. I'll be updating this, uh, this podcast as I get new data. And I hope you have a great day, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.